Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Anna. And we're Entrepreneurs, a podcast by two gay idiots navigating, owning, and operating their own businesses in the midst of end-stage capitalism. Hello, hello. We have a guest today. Yeah. Hi, welcome, Mary. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk more. Yeah, we're going to talk more about uh, the about Mary's particulars uh, in the when we get to the interview section. But uh, yeah, we wanted to kind of kick the episode off. We are a few weeks into the into the new year. We just had our first full moon of the new year last night. Um, I didn't get much sleep. Uh, and I think we just wanted to talk about maybe some of our, Anna, you, you're really into this stuff. So, yeah, um, intentions. I, is, I feel like this is all how it starts. You, you bring it up and you're like, yeah, Anna, this is a, uh, you take the wheel here. <laughs> um, so I, at the beginning of the year, um, I made a, a theme of the year and then I realized that it's like a thing. A thing. I, I had a meeting, uh, not a meeting, I was just hanging out with somebody and she's actually like a TED Talk person and it was really cool. I've never like hung out with a TED Talk person like in real life before, but like they do it. They do that. Like that's how they hang out. And so they, they just give <laughs> TED Talks like yeah. for free <laughs> all the time? For free. So... <laughs> They were talking about something called like an icky guy, and um, it's like the people of Okinawa, they have a purpose for the year and they wake up and that's like one of the reasons they say why they live so long. If y'all listen to the podcast, you know I am not trying to live a long life, but I am trying to live a very convicted and fun life. Um, so I made my icky guy for the year accidentally, then I found out like, oh, that's what that is. So mine is like, the year of surrender. And it's pretty much just no thoughts, just I'm just going with what feels right. And that's how it's been going for me so far. And then kind of like a development of that. So sold my car like what, two, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to Europe. I don't know when. I found a sublet. So um, one of my friends like wants my place for three months and I'm like, cool. So starting at the beginning of February, I'm on the road so it's just the year of surrender and I feel like I was just I was ready for it and it just happened and I really didn't try that hard she's just like I need somewhere to live like my um my uh landlords are moving back into their house so I need somewhere to go I was like oh yeah how about you come here and she was like cool done so yeah that that's how the year surrender has been going so far um yeah so during the break it should be pretty pretty good we'll come back because i'm gonna be like without internet for like a bit for like i'm gonna go live in the woods for maybe like three weeks yeah well we gotta figure yeah we'll be doing a a few more episodes mostly interviews we'll probably do a season three finale and then we'll go on a break um yeah. Our plan is usually to re-release new seasons around the time of the solstice or the equinox, but we'll see what. Yeah, we'll be Anna's, able to do that. Uh, I'll be back on the grid. Travel gods have in mind. I'm, liter- okay. I'm right. literally say, basing it all. I'm, <laughs> no. I don't know. Surrender. <laughs> don't make plans. Fair don't. enough, Kayleen. Fair enough. I know how this must sound on your end. <laughs> You know, the, what if what if uh, the things you want to surrender to don't want you recording a podcast in March? That's fine. I'm going to say gonna argue. yes, but um, we'll, we'll open ourselves. Yeah, 
Um, I, yeah, I actually, I've done uh, off and on for the last, I would say, I don't know, not maybe like eight years I've done a word of the year. I can't go, I can't remember all of them, but I feel like that was a really big thing in some of the internet communities that I was a part of for a long time. Um, especially ones that are more about like planning and organization and, and that kind of life. And, uh, so yeah, I feel like my word of the year, I actually kind of stumbled upon it this year, which is create. I just want to get more creative. I feel like, um, a lot of my life and a lot of my job is more about logistics uh, and uh, cr- solving practical problems um, and allowing other pe- giving other people room to be creative. Um, and that's really been a lot of my career is is uh, being able to like in like uh, facilitate other creatives um, by having a more like grounded logistical uh, practical approach to things and handling those details so they don't have to. And I just really kind of want to venture into some more creative projects just that are just for me. So I just actually uh, a friend was getting rid of a whole um, an entire full set of encyclopedias from the 1970s. Yo, and so yes. I picked them up. I have them all in my bedroom right now, and I'm really excited to start maybe collaging again. I'm kind of interested in getting into digital collage, and I've also been flirting a little bit with, like, um, cross-stitch and embroidery. Uh, so I don't know. I'm kind of just open to things that are just, like, f- creative projects that are just for me. You know what it's giving? It's giving green dress hair down to your it ass. It is. It is giving. It is giving future me Renaissance fair vibes. I don't know if you've listened to that episode yet, Mary, so. but I had a. I had a. Um, Anna uh, made me do a I made self her. meditation no, for, for the podcast. You saw for the podcast, as a fair lady, and I saw myself, and I looked like I walked out I of a Renaissance that. fair. Yeah, my, so. my future self is like. There we go. Um, very layered in linen, like like loose loose fitting uh, linen with like embroidery on it. Like I want to like, be like like a cult. No, kind of like, like no, 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 kind of like like the hippie grandma vibe. Like patchouli, ah, uh, like, you long hair, white hair. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of. I, I visited uh, Mary's studio yesterday, and there was a lot of great like grandma blankets and like a pol- like that kind of upholstered yeah. furniture situation going I'm on. I'm really planning so. for oh, my man. very so. good. Yeah. Do you have like, do you do like word of the year or themes of the year or anything like I that mean, for honestly, yourself? I've done very traditional or, resolutions in the past. And like the last few years, my uh-huh. resolutions have been all centered on my consumerism and my like personal style. Uh, for example, one year, okay. about four or five years ago, I gave up shopping at like TJ Maxx, Marshalls, any place that it brands itself as a place to get a deal, basically. My brain is so trained yeah. into loving deals that I would go to places like that and I would just consume so much unnecessarily, like, every time. So I, one year I gave up that and I wound up saving, like, first time in my life I saved money. Like, I saved thousands of dollars in a year. Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. And mm. I was like, oh, maybe I'm consuming too much. Um, and then one year I gave up buying any clothes that were black. <laughs> because I had so much black clothing and I was like, life is short. I want to wear color. Um, so that was one thing last year. My resolution was to not buy anything new, no new clothes for the whole year. Um, even if they were small brands or small makers and I did it, I finished the year. And in the process, I started a whole new business. 
<laughs> and wow, so yeah. I've, I've been really trying to focus on my consumerism because I grew up so low middle class and I grew up the youngest and I really grew up with this like scarcity mindset. So I, my early 20s and like making money was me always just chasing like an aesthetic that I always wanted to have, you know. And in that, I fell a lot into like fast fashion and stuff and just spending so much money on clothes. Yeah. And it was a learning. It was learning for me. I learned a lot about the way I consume. And this year, I feel like I've done a lot of work on my consumption and I'm focusing more on my creative side as well. Like I, I've always been a performer. I've always done some sort of creative endeavor in the public sphere. And this year, my focus is myself, my creative energy, what are the projects that I most want to do and how can I get people on board with those projects? Um, I did a lot of supporting other people's projects as well, Kayleen. And so I love that work, but this, this year after the pandemic and being so isolated, it was just like, I need to just put stuff into the world for myself and not worry if anyone else is going to be on board at first, you know? And so that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I, that's cool. always a fun game to see who comes out of the woodwork because it's always um, unexpected yeah. uh, when you start something. I don't want to say out of character, but like a project or something kind of wacky or weird. And you're like, they'll be into it. And then that's not the person. But it's like your very strange, loose acquaintance <laughs> that is just like shoulder to shoulder with you. And you're like, OK, cool. So like, I called one friend to help with my latest other. endeavor. And before I could even explain to her what it was I wanted to do, she was like, OK, here's my availability. Here's what I'm willing to do. Like, she was just down. And I was like, wow, that's how you know you have someone that, like, believes in you. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, cool. It sounds like we're going to have an interesting 2022. Hopefully, uh, we'll, hopefully I'll have, like, a cross-stitch or something to show at the end of it. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> at least one. All right, let's go into tarot time. Um, yeah, I've got the Fyodor Pavlov tarot deck here. My favorite. My fa- yeah. She, you like it when it's mean to you. <laughs> I, it's, I can't help. I mean, it's honest. It's yeah. honest. It's yeah. never not honest. And I, I'll take mean honesty than, like, tell me what I want to hear and then, like, stab me in the back. So Fair. All right. Yeah. So what does the what do we and the collective need or what messaging do we need for this will be the last week of January? Almost See? last week. All right. I don't know. January lasts forever. It's true. <laughs> All right. Ooh, okay. We have the Ten of Wands. Mary, do you big are you January big energy? Jan- yeah, you were like January's <laughs> very long. Hmm. Mary, do you, are you tar- a tarot not, person at all? I'm very curious though. I'm tarot cool. curious. So the ten of the ten of wands um, comes to us at the end of a journey um, when our burdens feel very heavy. Uh, that's so it's very yeah. January is very long. It, it uh, listener, you may feel like. Uh, you've been slogging on this road for a very long time. Um, and it might be feel like it is, you know, you don't know whether or not you should keep going. It's important in this card, especially the destination is like within sight. So this is not a card of whether or not you should quit. You shouldn't quit. 
Um, but ask yourself what you can do to make the end of your journey, like the last leg of your chapter that you're working on, um, go a little bit smoother for you. So certainly this uh, traveler should not be picking up any more branches on his path. So look at what you can say no to. Um, look at what you can let go of. Like assess what bur- like the burdens that you have right now. Um, and what can kind of fall to the wayside. And also ask yourself if it's, if it's okay for you to slow down or take breaks. If you're feeling like you're approaching burnout, um, what can you do to kind of do some like harm reduction there to make sure that you... last week. Yeah, so that you make sure that you uh, can reach your goal, uh, finish finish out strong, but not like destroy yourself in the process. So last week, our card was harm reduction, correct? Which is yeah. temperance, which is all about patience. And yep. just, we're in the deep slog, I would say. Uh- <laughs> yeah. I mean, it feels like that. It feels like that with a pandemic. It feels like that where we're just kind of like, are we still here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this still happening? Groundhog's um, Day vibes, maybe. Yeah. Um, we're, that's so, how, yeah. But I will say the cool thing about TENS is it is closer to ending a cycle, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, which is, it is what it is, but for it's me, freeing. it was like, yeah, it, you're, we're coming to a um, completion moment. Which yeah. At is, some point very soon, you'll reach your destination and be able to let down this burden and then figure out what your next journey is going to be. Mm-hmm. So there Beautiful we go. Stuff. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, Kayleen. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you, Fyodor Pavlov. Set the table. We are serving the main dish. Um, so we are going to get into the main dish now. Um, main dish. So today, as you all know, we have our friend Mary here with us. Mary Jacobs um, is here in New Orleans. We are not in the same place, but we are in the same city. Um, And Mary has a lot of projects. So Mary uh, owns uh, a uh, an amazing, uh, like queer community centered fitness gym that we're going to talk about. Mary also owns a, has just a, like briefly mentioned a sustainable fashion business, clothing business, and is in just in general, just a hustler. So Mary, do you want to talk a little bit about yourself and about your, pr- your main projects? And then yeah. we can kind of dive into it the the quick overview i am the daughter of a small business owner so i got to see my parents growing up my mom worked a regular nine to five my dad worked for himself and my mom would come home for the nine to five and run the family business so i was always really into doing family business stuff i mean i was working for my family business at a really young age and i carried that i'm also from new orleans so Everyone in my family is a little bit of a hustler, Hustle. and my brother is a yeah. an artist, hustler, flipper. My dad has got patents on weird things. My mom sells cakes, but she also works for a lawyer. We all kind of... Yeah, no one has one yeah, job. Yeah, we all kind of <laughs> do a lot, and we always have, and I have a very rebel personality, so I've never done well working for anybody but myself or for people that are also kind of rebels. Um so it was kind of only natural that I was going to own a business. And my dream has always been to own multiple businesses and have multiple 
things going on at once. And I've kind of always done that. Um, but my two biggest projects, like you said, are the gym. It's called Vitality Community Fitness. It's in Metairie, um, just off the airline. So a lot of our clients live in Metairie. A lot of them live in Mid-City. We have people that commute all the way from the Bywater to come to us. But it's just like you said, it's it's queer-owned. Me and my partner owned it. We started it in 2016. All of our coaches are queer women, um, queer or women or both. Uh, and we prioritize community. And we like to say we're the gym that's for not gym people. We have all bodies, all backgrounds, all skill levels. We're really accessible. If you look at our marketing, we try to steer really far away from the narrative of like, working out as a way to be a better person. <laughs> it's it's We try to take away the like goodness of working out and we move more towards like the strength of working out and the holistic side of it. Like you join a gym because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. Just stuff that should be obvious, but somehow isn't in our industry. Um, we like to really push that narrative because overarching yeah. the entire world of knowing fitness and gyms, especially group training facilities. Uh, it's bro -y, it's competitive, it's bad. It just feels bad. It feels the opposite of feminine. It feels, and not even just masculine, it feels aggressive a lot of the times. And we, our goal has always been to do the exact opposite of that. And I think we're doing a good job. We're in year six and it's awesome. And we love that. And then last year, well, it really, I started in 2020, so it's 2022. So last, in 2022 winter, I started Mary's Rack, which is my clothing company, which is, I am a secondhand stylist. The way that works is I source secondhand. I have a whole shop of secondhand clothing. And I have clients that reach out to me that say, hey, here's my size, here's my style, or here's my size, and I don't know what my style is, or here's my size, and I'd like to start dressing like this. And I will curate an entire shopping experience for them. They show up, there's a rack of clothing in their size, in their style, and I help them figure out what works on their body. Sometimes I really push people out of their comfort zones with colors and cuts and et cetera. Um, but it's a, a really, once again, I use this word a lot, but it's a very holistic shopping experience where I kind of like guide people. I get a lot of people who've had babies whose bodies have changed. I get a lot of people who's, a lot of people whose bodies have changed that are just not comfortable yet in dressing it. And I'm very good at making people comfortable uh, with trying new things and encouraging people and reminding people like, no, your butt does look good in this. Like, you know, things like that. Um, I try really hard to not be very salesy. I'm a, you, you'll see, I'm very honest and I don't like to bullshit ever, um, but I do like to get people to feel like they're in their skin, they're enjoying themselves. And it's a really fun experience. So it, it just feels like you're like at your friend's house at a slumber party trying on their clothes. And that's the goal. <laughs> but yeah, those are my two Great. gigs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got other well, stuff yeah. too that we can dive into yeah, later. Yeah, I have a podcast yeah. now too. But um, yeah, that's about, that. Uh, coincidentally is going to launch what, like, what around yeah. the time that this exactly. episode drops yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's gonna be great yeah and that's I um I really resonate with you being a rebel it's something I talk a lot about on uh this podcast because it's not even something like I love entrepreneurship but like 
I think for, I'm sure you feel this way too. It's almost kind of like, I don't know if I had another choice. Um, because like, it's interesting though, because I think, I think Anna, I think Mary's talking about the four tendencies, which is the, we've, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the yeah, pod. Yeah, we have. Or we've maybe. talked about it offline. I know. But Anna's a questioner. I'm convinced. And I'm a rebel. And it's a miracle that we have, are able to consistently record a podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> but it's guided by like, by like self, um, I don't know. It's like you were saying, like everything's kind of down to like, uh, it, it, like we were talking about offline. It's like it's all about purpose. Um, I agree, though. About I agree getting with in you, line Anna, with your purpose. The, the choice thing is like, especially if you maybe you're a rebel, but also maybe you. Well, a big thing with me is that I have a huge issue with authority. Like I just, I don't, I Same. cannot respect I any authority. That includes my own. Like, my own authority, I totally rebel against myself all of the friggin' time. Um, and, I, yeah, there's very few situations in which I function well with anybody that thinks they have authority over me <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. There's been so many jobs, like, I don't know, I've been a barista so many times, and there was one barista job where they were like, you need to dust the fans. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Why? And I was like, I'm not doing yeah, that. Like... I'm allergic to dust. I'm not a cleaner. And I'm not doing it. And he was like, it's part of your job. And I was like, I will not do that task. <laughs> and I quit that job like two weeks afterwards because I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not yeah. doing it. And he was like, well, you need to. Tell me tell me what this has to do with, with yeah, making coffee. Thank I'm you. sorry it's slow, but you need to hire someone to clean the fans because it's not me. Yeah. I mean, it's also kind of like the questioning thing um, where it's just like, does it make sense? Like, I... I right. I think I'm an idiot, and and I will rebel against myself. Um, but then when it's other people, and it just I can't make two and two go together. Um, like, okay, why do I need to do that? That doesn't. I can't. It doesn't make sense no, to I me, agree. and it just it, it becomes almost an inefficiency, right? It's just like this is a waste of yeah. everybody's time at this point. So I think that this really translates to how I am like a boss now. And I use quotes because it just right. feels weird to call yourself a boss. But I do have employees underneath me. And so it this yeah. translates to how we treat our employees. Mm-hmm. Because like I am not going to mm-hmm. ask my employees to do something that if it's something they've never been asked or never been included in their job description, I'm going to be like, hey, I have this task for you. I will pay you this much extra to do it. Is it something that you would like to do? Um, there are lots of things that are included in their jobs, but there are some things that aren't like I just offloaded social media onto a new trainer and she's getting paid an extra stipend on top of her regular pay. Um, that's just, that's a big example, but it's little examples all of the time. Mm -hmm. I stay getting people to do little things and adding it on because it's like people should be paid for their time. Um, like when we have meetings, we always have food at our meetings in presence. (laughs) It's either food or a present or both. Um, try to keep yeah. it fun and like keep people like wanting to be there, paying people for being there, stuff like that. Like, I, 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 yeah. I know the feeling of ha- being asked to do something and just being like, "This is stupid," and I never want, <laughs> I never want my employees to feel that way. I want them to understand why every time they are being asked for help or for a task. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think that's like such a huge thing too of like, of, of feeling. Uh, disempowered in a job is just not being told mm-hmm. why. Well, it's well. The New York Times even did an article on it. I I want to say like a couple weeks ago, where it was just like, 
why employees aren't putting up with their bosses anymore. It's just because it's shifted. It's all changed. Like the work expectations, if you're working under somebody, like your standards are higher now, which is really exciting. Um, And I think it's to me it feels affirming for like oh yeah i'm not like an asshole person to work with i don't think so that that is becoming more of like a standard thing in the workplace um so i want to talk about the the fitness center you started and what was that what was that leap um because there is yeah yeah we don't we don't neither of us have brick and mortars so like how how did you what came first like the idea did you move into a building wow, right yes, away this is a great, like this how is, did that this all work I really wanted to talk about because the move into yeah. a business like this that has a stru- like stupid high overhead opening a gym I cannot yeah. not recommend it enough to people so much insurance money. very expensive <laughs> very expensive like lots of risk um so yeah, there's a lot of different ways people start fitness programs. A lot of people just start popping up at parks and they eventually build up a clientele and then they find a place. Um, we were, so my partner is the the hedge coach. Like this is her dream, right? I'm just the business lady. Um, so she's the trainer. She's the athlete. She's always been very into fitness and moving her body. Um, and she wanted to be a trainer. Her father, she's working at Whole Foods and upper management. Now, my partner has always worked in corporate America, and she's always moved up really fast. She's always been somebody that's, like, really ad- identified with her work, and, you know, corporations have exploited that for her whole life. And when her father died, she was working high up in management at Whole Foods, and this was before Amazon even bought it out. So when Whole Foods was still pretty decent to work for, and they had good benefits and packages and stuff like that. And her father died unexpectedly. It was horrible. And... Her grieving process uh, with Whole Foods was, you know, as any corporation would be. They gave her some time off immediately. They sent her a fruit basket. They felt really bad for her. And in the weeks in which she returned to work, she's still heavily grieving. She, I think she got written up at some point in the couple months after her dad died. And it was like, at Whole Foods, you get written up once, you get one more, and you're gone. And she'd been there for years at that point. And she had just started to realize really quickly, like, I have given so much of my time and energy to these people and they literally do not care about my life. Um, And when her father passed, she inherited some money, not like a crazy amount, but enough that she could quit Whole Foods and get her certification. So she got her certification, quit Whole Foods and started working at like an anytime fitness. And very quickly we realized that our friends, because they told us said, uh, if you start a program, I will join it right now like I will join it right now and I'll never forget my friend Katie and George we had two class times when we first started 7 a.m and 7 p.m because we were subleasing space in another gym and it was Roof Fitness on River Road I thank them all the time because they let us open another gym Mm. in their gym which is such a risky thing to do it I I think I think about it all the time I always thank the owners whenever we see them because it it was nuts that they let us do that. They charged us rent, you know, and they gave us the weirdest times and they didn't let us lose all the equipment. But still, <laughs> yeah, still, without that opportunity, we would not have been able to start. And for a long time, 7 a.m. was just my friend George and 7 p.m. was just my friend Katie. And we built it up from there. It was all friends that joined at first. And so for a while, we were able to sublease out of this space, find another spot. And from there, we were able to find another spot. And a lot of this was sheer luck and people who both wanted to help us but also help themselves you know like even the people at the first gym like they were taking a big risk by helping us but they still made a lot of extra money in a month 
on rent, you know, from our two clients that we had in there. Um, yeah. And so we just grew from there. We had a lot of help along the way, for sure. Like, we would not be where we are if, like, my rent wasn't so affordable because I rent from my family. You know, things like that. Um, my house rent, I mean. Um, so, yeah. And then we just grew and grew from yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have to buy our own equipment. Like, we bought things, odds, ends here for a while, but we were operating out of so many other gyms for so long that we were doing equipment shares. So we got to slowly invest in all of our equipment, which was so helpful. Um, cause we never would have been able to just start a gym out of the, out of nowhere for the overhead itself. And yeah, it wasn't until we moved into our new building, um, about two years ago that we start, we really had to start making those big giant investments. And it's just been big investments ever since we moved into our own building. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah. We just got um, a property tax bill for $6,300. So, yeah, it's, it's I, never um, stops. I want to talk about, so, kind of creating an old, your own, not your own, but, like, kind of creating, like, something sentient, right? Because gyms have their own vibes, and they have their own communities, and how you maybe were or were not strategic about, like, co-creating a community space and seeing what people were doing and then maybe nurturing that or guiding it to be this vibe like a vibe curator co-creating with the community and something that can be like very vulnerable scary uncomfortable um and meeting your clientele and your community where they were at yeah it's incredibly intentional it takes a lot of effort um to make a space that typically leans competitive just by its sheer nature to not, um, to take a space that typically leans really heteronormative <laughs> to not. Um, and it helped that my partner and I are v queer and we're to the front at all times. And my politics are really, they dictate everything I do and I let people know that at all times. So a lot of times, I'll say this, People that belong in our community find it and they make it what it is 150%. And every once in a while, somebody will join and we'll be like, because we're in Metairie, so we get, we get some Metairie folk, you know, and like there's a big mixed bag in Metairie. And we, we like to say we get a lot of Metairie moms. Um, and For listeners not in New Orleans, can, uh, can you give a dis yeah, quick description of, of yeah, Metairie? I'll explain Metairie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's burbs. Like the suburbs of New Orleans <laughs> is the best way to explain it. There's so much nuance to what Metairie is. If you live here, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's some easy way, there's some like quick and easy hard, ways but, to but explain it. Suburbs it, like, is the fairest yeah. way to explain it. it suburbs could, is the fairest way to explain it. So we do get a lot of Metairie yeah. moms. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see the people that find a home in our very queer space. Um mm. and how quickly they realize, you know, we have a member who's in her 40s and she always jokes about being the oldest, which she's not, but she just, that's her whole thing. You know, she's a mom. And she t she tells me really yeah. regularly, she goes, you know, before I came to this gym and her and her husband come and now her like 19 year old son comes too. It's very cute. Um, she tells me all the time, she says, before I came to this gym, I don't think I've ever been in a space where I have felt fully unjudged in my life. Mm. And I was like, what a 
beautiful thing. <laughs> That's emotional. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I got goosebumps. It is intentional. <laughs> like, um, we do. We shut te- people down a lot at our gym. We just do it. There's only, that's really the only way you can do it. So as a space that considers itself like, you know, fat positive and weight neutral, um, we get a lot of people who show up on Monday and say they ate a lot over the weekends and want to shit talk their bodies or their abilities that day. And they get shut down by the trainers, by other members. If I'm there, I will like literally yell at them. I'll be like, do not bring that in here. You listen, you don't need to feel bad. You're here. We're, we're working out because we want to feel good, not because we're shaming ourselves. And of course, we still get that a lot of times. And we, we have members that are like frequent frequent flyers with the self-hate and that kind of talk. And those are the people that we sit down with. And we're like, listen, this space is intentionally built so that you are trying your best to be as positive about your body while you're here. We don't want you here if you hate your body and you hate yourself and you hate working out because we want to make it fun for you. And we cannot do that if you hate yourself the whole time. <laughs> You've got to love on yourself, even if it's fake. I ask people all the time. I'm right. like, just pretend that you're great at this. Yes. And I always fake it till you make it. Exactly. And fake I remind it you become people it. so much. I'm <laughs> like, especially new people. New people look around and they don't understand because we have all body types, all abilities. They don't know who's been there for a day and who's been there yeah. for a year. So they can look at somebody that they would think is should be less fit than them by their by their fat phobic brain that they're unlearning, which is fine. I use that word like you guys know how I use that word. It's not shameful. We're all unlearning our fat phobia. So they look at somebody that they right. think should be slower than them at a workout, who's faster than them at a workout, and then they get really insecure. And I love breaking that apart for people. <laughs> I love being like, hey, this person's been here three years. They're going to beat you for a long time. You'll probably beat them maybe in a year, but it's not a beating. You don't get to beat. It's not. Don't look at anyone else. <laughs> and and what that does is it cultivates this like right. constant conversation of we're not in competition with the people around us. The people around us do look different. Their fitness levels are different. And it's a prime example of why you cannot judge anyone's health, ability, capacity on their size. And I hope that's like a lesson that people take outside of the gym as well, that like to challenge their first impressions of a person based on their weight. I mean, our big goals is to, Um, I mean, okay, if I'm going to talk from just a business standpoint, there are so many fat people in the world uh who would like to work out in a place where they don't get judged. (laughs) Like from a business standpoint, why do gyms make it unsafe for people with bigger bodies when that is a huge population of our nation? And that's, yeah. And that is what would actually get people (laughs) to come back after January. You know, you You know, (laughs) you also, I, um, also, would you mind talking, we, we, you mentioned this a little bit offline, but would you mind talking a little bit about your um, more millennial friendly oh, membership structure? That's what I was uh, wondering about. Like the, what are, what are the that is Because it sounds like you have some yeah. like, training stuff. Do you have group stuff? Can I go there and just like 
Yeah, I, I, have, I have questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you the quick rundown because it's really simple. So we are a membership gym, which means you need a membership to yeah. attend our gym. We do offer drop-ins. They're $20 a class. You can only drop into classes. You can't drop into our specialty classes. So sometimes we have Pilates. Sometimes we have yoga. Those are for members only. Um, we have open gym that's included with memberships. And though you can't drop into open gym, but open gym is when people come during the day and they can do whatever they want. They can do the workout alone what have you that's included with membership we have one kind of membership it's unlimited it's monthly we don't have contracts no six month no three month no year nothing it's one you pay once a month and if you want to cancel you have to give us 30 days notice from your billing so at any given time it's kind of like you're in a two-month contract um but it's just you have to give us notice and also you can cancel with that short notice but there's like a fee to cancel you know um but so yeah no contracts got rid of contracts we keep our retention is so much better without contracts like we don't want people to feel stuck at our gym if somebody doesn't come to our gym for like a week we're calling them we're like what's going on how are you feeling where have you been if we don't know if they're like on vacation or whatever we check in on people um we have one membership it's 149 dollars a month flat and that's it. There's no other things. <laughs> um, and we do community Saturdays a lot of the times where we have free classes accessible to whoever. We call it Friends and Family Day. Um, and, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We liked. Do you guys do trials or anything like that? Oh, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way we get members is we offer people three classes in a week period to do a trial. Um, and that's because we don't want someone to do one class and be like, I could totally do this. And then they sign up because a lot of gyms offer one class and people are like, Oh, I loved it. I'm going to sign up. But one class is not enough to really know if you're going to show up three classes though. If you use all three classes in your trial and at the end of that, you're like, Oh, I do. I can, I've done three of these classes. I can do however many more. So we give people three classes in a week. Also that allows them to try our different class types. Cause we have a strength conditioning. We have a cardio class. Um, it allows us to allows them to like tie different times, 5 a.m., noon, 6.30 p.m. It allows them to meet different coaches, different members that go to different times. So we want people to feel as empowered because gyms have been have a reputation for being so predatory. We want people to feel as empowered as possible when making the decision if they want to sign up at Vitality. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And um, it sounds like a lot of people find you uh, through referrals. Like, is that um, for sure, like yeah. the network? Word yeah, of mouth. Sure. I would say that's most most of our clients, our friends yeah. of friends. Um, because, Isn't yeah, that the dream? Are, yeah. Yes. So, well, so Anna's going to be in town. Anna's going to be in town this weekend. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do a group oh, class. I would this love is, to. Yeah. Are I would you love be, to. Saturday morning is Friends and Family Day. That's our, oh, our community she gets, yeah. Friday, she gets in yeah. Friday afternoon. Saturday, 9 a.m. That's our Friends and Family Day workout. I can send you the link to sign up. It's so fun. Amazing. It's so fun. The vibe Amazing. is immaculate. All right, I I'll bring my that. shoes. Yay. All right. <laughs> cool. Uh, Entrepreneurs outing. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about, I think, um, about your other business. And, like, can you talk a little bit about what it felt like to, like, what made you decide at that particular moment that it was time to start something new and add something on and, like, what kind of spurred that For experience sure. on? Yeah, having a brick and mortar during a pandemic is not ideal. I'll say that. Um, Yep, makes sense. Yeah, and the plan was always to set Vitality up, have it run itself, have Kristen be the person there on the ground, and me start whatever business that I wanted to start next. I have so many businesses that I want to start before I leave this planet, and a vintage store has always been one of them. 
Um, and Mary's Rack has turned into, like I said earlier, as like a personal styling business. And I felt like it was the best option for me because the idea of opening, for example, I would like to have a bar. <laughs> I'd like to have a dyke bar at some point. I'm not opening yeah. a dyke bar in the middle we of a need pandemic. One. <laughs> yes, I know, right. I know. Love to have a dyke bar. I would love to have a coffee shop, bakery, my mom can sell her cakes. Um, but none of those things make sense in a pandemic, in my opinion. I am not trying to drop all of that startup, get a brick and mortar, invest all of that money when the city can shut down at any moment. Um, and so it made sense to start this styling business. It's one-on-one, it's private. I'm renting the apartment next to my apartment now. Um, so I am, I do kind of have a brick and mortar now, but it's not like a open to the public. It's not like the gym where I'm like, have all these overheads and bills and stuff. Um, so it just made the most sense for pandemic world to start this. And it's, uh, it's a point. So I have a wait list. So folks will sign up for the wait list and they fill out a survey. And when I'm ready to style them, I let them know and then they come in and they can shop. Yeah. But I do. And then is this also kind of like referral basis or how did you, how did you find your clientele here? A lot of it is referral. Now you got to remember, I've been in business with Vitality for five years at the point I started this business. So I've had a lot of clients that know who I am. A lot of people, I'm from here too. So I know everyone I've always known. So in the beginning, a lot of my clients were clients from the gym, friends, people I've known forever. I found you um, on Instagram, I, I think because of Fred. Yeah. Of a mutual friend. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah f- Fred works for me sometimes yeah. um, with my lives and stuff. Uh but yeah, oh, I got a lot of followers because I went viral in August or September. Um, and then I just got like a pop of like on twelve Instagram, TikTok. I went viral on TikTok and Instagram. I made <laughs> I made a video called Met Gala Mardi Gras. Ah, uh, um, yes. Where you oh yes, I saw yeah, that. So, where you took all the Met Gala outfits and said what type of Mardi Gras attendee they were. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yes, and that went big viral. I think everyone in New Orleans saw Pretty it. Pretty much, and yeah. I got a lot of customers from that. So many people found me because wow. of that video. It was wild how many people found me because wow. of that video. Because they would go to my page, my thing linked back to my page, and they would see like secondhand stylists in New Orleans, private shopping, curated stuff, whatever. They see what it is, and they're like, no, this is weird. And then weirdly, those people followed yeah. me. Like, the amount of people that are interested in this business concept, it's it's kind of surprising how many people, you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's how I found you. And then later we realized we knew each other from, like, uh, performing arts world, real-life stuff, pre-pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's For it's sure. very cool. And it's fun. I, I don't know. I, I love um, – so after after your personal styling appointments, I love that you, like, have the chair that people sit in with, like, what they got. Like, that she, she posted yeah. to Instagram with, like, everyone's hauls. A pile pick. Yeah. We call it a pile a pick. A pile pick. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. Yeah. It's really cute. It's really cute. Yeah. yeah. I love that that's, like, a thing people recognize mm-hmm. now. It's, it's fun. It's really fun building a brand from the ground up. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, we don't have a ton of time. Anna, do you have – I was going to see if maybe you wanted to talk about your podcast, unless Anna has a – Yeah. Yeah, let's oh, do it. Yeah, let's give yeah, you, like, a little bit of time to talk out. about it. Really quickly, my podcast comes out this Saturday, so it'll be out by the time this podcast is released, I think. Yeah. And it's called... What's the date? What's January the date? January 22nd. Yeah. 122. Um, And it is called Planet NOLA, and it's me having conversations with people living in the greater New Orleans area that are doing cool things or are cool people. My guests are... So far, I've interviewed six people. I've had small business owners, activists, um, comedians, uh 
I have a local author yesterday, uh, just all kinds of fun. Basically anybody that I feel like should have a little spotlight and we should hear what they have to say. I'm having them on. It's like a superpower of being from here is that, you know, everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just thought it would be the perfect thing to do. And it's been going so, it's so fun. So I really can't wait for people to hear it. I'm really excited. That sounds great. Um, And I think now we are about to go into the bro book review. Anna, what do you have for us? Bro Book Reviews. I read a bro book every week so you don't have to. Hello. Okay. So for the Bro Book Review, I I had a toss up between two books and I'm going to go with the second book that I was going to do. And I, it's going to be more expository than, than normal because there's not that much to say about it, but I think it is an interesting pivot. So, um, it is called Women With Money by Jean Chotsky, and it was written in 2019. And I agree oh. with the, I never really connected with this because it was written to a very specific person, a straight woman with kids who, um, it's, it's a lot about like investing and in having a pension and splitting your time between like uh, housekeeping chores and like family stuff. Um, and so I obviously just didn't really relate to it. I, I do love the narrative of women with money. I love the conversation of just like people that are traditionally not sharks, queer people, women, non-binary, like fucking anybody who's been like left out of this conversation, just like being introduced in it. So that part I understood. And I was like, yeah, ask for my, more money. Like, go go big or go home is this is this book geared towards women starting their own business or women who have jobs and want to ask for more money it's like it's both and that's the thing that i was kind of it's very unfocused um it wasn't Mm. very specific it was just it's more of like a personal finance and even in 2019 that conversation becomes like multiple streams of income investing da 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 um but then MLMs, the mom, the mom, the mom career choice. But then, like, (laughs) how much the world has changed since 2019 at the beginning of 2022, it's just mind-boggling. Like, (laughs) even, like, the personal finance advice, like, even Forbes is out here saying, like, millennials, if you want to retire, you might need to throw some money into Dogecoin because the S&P 500 isn't going to (laughs) get you there anymore. So, and these aren't, like, conversations that we had even in 2019. I think um, the pandemic has totally flipped uh, the the personal finance conversation, the multiple streams of income conversation, the entrepreneur conversation. Because I I know personally, I've seen, like, it became cool to be an entrepreneur, I would say, like, around COVID, because everybody had to, like, figure out something else to do and another way to make money. and that's not really where we were yet in 2019. And it makes me want to make a personal finance book for like misfits. And it's also such like an important, like it's changing so much. I feel like, like these different streams of income. It's so, it's so different. And, um, it's like the same rules, but they change a little bit. Um, I didn't like the. I like the. I like the misfit misfit money idea. I think it. I think it's good. Or I because I was also thinking about like during the pandemic how like OnlyFans popped off and just like fuck yeah make your money like how many like 
what what kind of book could we write if we like remove the stigma of like this is a good way to make money and this is a bad way to make money and and make it like okay let's get rid of taboos and like what mentally do you want your day to look like how much money do you want to make like how much what do you want your day to day look like and like if that is sex work like you good with that like can you like do that or is it more exploitative for you to work under a fucking boss who doesn't like respect you like it's it's just not a very nuanced conversation a lot of times and people don't want to really talk about it and then i think also just yeah. all these weird ways to make money um that's i i feel like i'm reviewing a book and i'm just like i want to write up i want to write another one <laughs> this book made me want to write a different book <laughs> so what i'm getting is that women with money is a skip because it dated itself within a year yeah yeah i mean even less than a year which is quite a bummer can you imagine like how many things came out in 2019 how long was how long was that person working on that i book? know to have and it then... come out april 2019 and then just be like fuck <laughs> this anna have you ever heard of linda p jones no tell me about it she's got a she's got a book called i i don't think you should read it but i just think it's the best name ever uh you're already a wealth heiress now start acting like it <laughs> <laughs> That's aspirational. I know. I know. Come in with that. I love her podcast. She does personal finance stuff, but mostly she just tells people to open Airbnbs, so she's really not that great. Oh, God. Okay. Well, you know, uh, something for everybody. Yeah, everybody. Okay, cool. Um, Mary, where can uh, our listeners find you and your projects? My gosh, please follow my projects. That would mean so much to me. I'm Mary's Rack, Mary's.Rack on Instagram Uh and TikTok. And Planet Nola comes out January 22nd, 22, and it is Planet Nola Pod on Instagram. And it'll be on all the things. It'll be on YouTube. We're doing video as well. So, YouTube, Spotify, all the things, all the podcast things. I cannot wait. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Please please listen to it. We'll boost it. We'll boost it when it goes live. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. You can find me at Swamp Witch. That's Swamp Witch four with four eyes. eyes on Instagram. That's my personal account. You can see uh, my makeup, my hair, uh, my uh, my dark memes, um, and probably things that uh, and my nails. Yes, and uh, the things that uh, probably some fun Mardi Gras content coming up as I start Ooh. crafting my costumes. Um, and then, uh, my candle business candles unincorporated, we're taking a little bit of a post holiday season break cause that was exhausting. Um, but more stuff is coming from that soon. Stay tuned. All right. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, uh, at the fake underscore guru. I, I always fuck it up, but, uh, just type in fake, the fake guru and happen. put a dot. Yeah. We're doing a put a dot somewhere. Yeah, by, by the time I hear this, we'd have done our first community uh, breathwork and meditation workshop, so that's exciting. Um, oh. And then come hang out with me before I drop off the grid, and then when I come back, I'm sure it will be very compelling. Uh, I'll be a different person. So thank you so much for listening. Have a gay day. Yeah. Thanks for have having me. Have a gay day. Bye. Yay!